Hello, I'm Don Markholtz, and you're listening to Looking Up with Don. This is the Looking Up with Don podcast, episode number 88, for the week of September 8th, 2021. The related website for this podcast is donmacholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com, two H's. What's up in the sky this week? As our week begins on Wednesday, September 8th, the moon is a thin crescent in the western sky after sunset. The following night, on Thursday, September 9th, the moon passes north of the planet Venus, a great photo opportunity. The moon grows in size and brightness during this week, reaching first quarter on Monday, September 13th. By next Tuesday, September 14th, the moon will be 60% full in the constellation Sagittarius. This is a good week to get out and look at the moon. There's so much to see. Venus is in our evening western sky, and the planet Mercury is there too, but closer to the sun and setting well before Venus sets. The planet Neptune is at opposition on Tuesday, September 14th. That is when we are between the sun and Neptune. The planet is up all night long, and we are as close as we get to it this year. For Neptune, oppositions occur every 367 days. So next year at this time, we'll be in opposition again. Neptune is our most distant major planet. Neptune is a very large planet, four times larger than the planet Earth. Its mass is 17 times greater than the Earth's. It's made of mostly hydrogen and helium. Neptune takes 165 years to orbit the Sun once. Ten years ago, it completed its first full orbit since its discovery in 1846. That discovery was based upon mathematics. The planet Uranus was not staying in its calculated orbit, and astronomers figured there was another planet out there pulling on it. It is an interesting story that I won't go into here, but two teams, one from France and one from England, calculated the position for Neptune and then set out to find it in the sky. It was discovered on September September 25th, 1846. So this September 25th, in just a couple weeks, will be the 175th anniversary of its discovery. This deserves some play on social media. Neptune has 14 moons. By far the largest is the moon Triton. It is about two-thirds the size of our moon. At magnitude 13.5, it can be seen in large amateur telescopes, but it does stay rather close to Neptune. Neptune rotates every 16 hours. 
Since it takes 165 of our years to orbit the sun, and a day on Neptune is only 16 hours, a full one-year revolution around the sun, which is what a year is, takes 89,666 Neptune days. So if you lived on Neptune, you would have 89,666 days in one year. Nearly 9,000 days in one year, I wonder how many holidays they have. Probably fewer than what we have here on our Earth with 365 days. The moon is creeping into the evening sky, but this week and for the next few weeks are good times to get out and see Neptune. Our moon passes south of Neptune on September 20th, but that's the worst time to see it, as our moon will be almost full and will wash things out a bit. The location of Neptune is plotted on Podcast 88, Maps 1 and 2, and Podcast 88, Map 3 is exclusively made for Neptune. I'm giving a talk about visual comet hunting on Monday, September 13th. It is on Zoom, and you can tune in to hear and see the talk no matter where you live. The talk is for a local club in Southern California, the China Lake Astronomical Society, also known as CLAS. I will not be physically present at the meeting, but will be at my home in Arizona on Zoom. The talk lasts a bit more than an hour, and the images come by way of PowerPoint. I will discuss what is a comet, comet orbits, and then dive into comet discovery. Visual comet hunting, using a telescope, began in earnest in 1760 with Charles Messier. In discussing the history of visual comet hunting, I'll mention all comet hunters who have seven or more visual comet discoveries. This brings us to the present time, where we seem to be nearing the end of visual comet discovery due to asteroid hunting automated programs which now find most of the comets that we used to find visually. It's been a good run of 260 years. Charles Messier was the first person to have 12 named visual discoveries, and it looks like I'll be the last with 12 named visual discoveries. And it's not just the asteroid hunting programs that find these comets. Soho and Swan find some too, as do amateur astronomers with CCDs and cameras. The last half of the lecture is about my comet hunting program, how I got started in it, and the comet discoveries that I've had. The talk is part of the club's monthly meeting and begins at 7.30 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time on Monday, September 13th. In Universal Time, that is 02.30 Universal Time, on the morning of September 14th. To join in, Go to the website for the China Lake Astronomy Society and where it says next meeting, 
Click on the word more and it will take you to the Zoom link for this meeting. I do not give many talks about common hunting. I, I go when I'm invited and presently I'm invited a few times a year. In the near future podcast, perhaps next week or the week after, I will go more into the lectures that I have given over the last 40 years. No, it will not be boring. It is the evolution of my talks, from slides to PowerPoint, adding rock and roll music and videos for live talks. For the Zoom talks, I remove all the music as it just doesn't play as well when not in person. September is, in my opinion, one of the best months for astronomy. In the evening sky, we have the summer Milky Way, with the center of the galaxy near the central meridian. In the northern hemisphere, it gets dark sooner than in the summer, so you can get out there more than an hour earlier than you could in June or July. The nights are cooler. And in the places that I have spent years comet hunting, the Santa Cruz Mountain Range in California, in Koufax, California, and now in Arizona, September has clear skies, generally speaking. For comet hunting in the morning sky, it gets even better. With the sun moving southward and twilight coming about a minute or two later each morning, More sky than normal becomes visible in the eastern sky. And the winter Milky Way is part of that sky. So as I'm comet hunting in those star-rich fields, I see more stars than normal. When I see a lot of stars while comet hunting, the impression is that I am seeing very faint stuff. That may not be true but it is exciting to see fields full of stars passing through the eyepiece when I'm sweeping 10 degrees off the eastern horizon. Finally, the path that the Kruntz Sungrazer comets take on their inward-bound path, and they all seem to be along the same path, is in the morning sky creeping higher each morning in September. Kruts is spelled K-R-E-U-T-Z. And these comets are named after the person who, in the 1880s, determined that all, all of these comets were once part of a very large comet that split up a few thousand years ago. Presently, the SOHO camera that orbits around the sun picks up many of these sungrazer comets, over 4,000 so far in the last 25 years. The brighter ones, however, are very infrequent. I know that many comet hunters like to search that area looking for a sungrazer comet. I do that too, and I've done it for decades. From last week's podcast, you still have time to see the shadow cast by Jupiter. I have been trying this these early mornings, and today, for the first time, I did see a shadow cast by Jupiter. Last week, I mentioned another project, plotting the position of Bernard's star, and then checking it again in a couple of decades. You still have some time to do that one. Will you be able to see the International Space Station this week, which, for our purposes, begins Wednesday, September 8th, through Tuesday, September 14th, 
It depends upon where you're located. This week we have four zones. All you need to know is your latitude. Almost everyone gets to see the International Space Station this week. North of 61 degrees north, it will not be visible. And south of 35 degrees south, it will not be visible. That leaves about 90% of the world's population with a shot of seeing it. From 45 to 61 degrees north, the ISS will be in your morning sky. For some of you, it will be visible twice in one night. In the northern part of that range, up near 60 degrees north, it will be visible for only the first few days of the week. Further south, it will be there all week long. From 35 degrees south to 45 degrees north, now this is a big area, the ISS will be in your morning sky for nearly the whole week, especially for the northern region. The southern regions will see it in their evening sky for most of the week. To determine where it will be in your sky, go to the website heavens-above.com and enter your location, then click on ISS. Now for the comets that we can see in our sky this week. These past two weeks, I introduced each of those eight comets, and maps for them are found on Podcast 86, Map 3, and Podcast 87, Map 3. Ephemerides, that is positioned for each comet, are found on Podcast 86, Comet Positions. With an increasing moon in the evening sky, the four morning sky comets are still visible under good conditions. You can also get the positions for these and other comets from the website heavens-above.com. Click on Comets. To recap the podcast, what's up this coming week? The moon is a good observing and imaging target for the whole week. Get out and see the planet Neptune. See some comets. And the shadow cast by Jupiter. Plot Bernard Star, so much to do in only a week. You have been listening to Looking Up with Don, podcast episode number 88 for September 8th, 2021. I'm Don Mockholtz. Once again, the related website for this podcast is donmockholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com. Two H's. You can contact me at donTheAstronomer at gmail.com. Once again, that is donTheAstronomer at gmail.com. God willing and pod willing, I'll be back next week for another episode of Looking Up with Don. We'll discuss what's up in the sky. I'll introduce two more comets to our mix. And... With my 50th high school reunion coming up, I'll discuss my astronomical life in high school. All that and more. Thank you for listening. See the sky this week. I'll see you next week.